All right, if you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. We're going to continue the message I preached last um, Sunday night, and some of you might have missed that, so don't worry, because I close and close and close, but also review and review and review. They say the best teacher is review. Amen? That's why you have the sixth grade, I think. But anyway, um, we need to hear it, and we need to hear it again, and the Holy Spirit does that all through the Scripture. If you don't believe that, look at uh, all the times the blood of Jesus is mentioned, typed, uh, foreshadowed, all through the Word of God. Amen? And that was a blessing. Amen. I want to uh, t- finish the message I began yes, uh, last week on grace giving or uh, giving by faith. Uh, we go faith promise, but we ought to have faith promise living. In 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 8, they first were willing of themselves. And so, you know, when you when God's got you, He's got your pocketbook. When God's got you, He's got your desires. He's got all of you. And the first thing you need to do is give your heart. And my heart and my desire is the title of this message. Uh, we'll sing our course at the end of the service. We didn't sing it uh, uh, tonight, but we will sing it at least one more time. And you believe that October will be gone next Saturday. We start November. This year is almost over. And uh, I'll really be glad um, when 2021 gets here. I'll just be honest with you. Because this has been one memorial year. Amen. Praise God. I'll tell you what. It's been a year that I'll never forget. 2020. uh, Have 2020 vision for the Lord. Keep your eyes upon Jesus. Uh, Just be focused. Amen. And so uh, I I want you to pray for this message. Uh, that God would uh, speak to our hearts and that we would prove it. That means live it out. Amen. Live it out. And I thank God for it. I almost called on some people to uh, give a testimony. And I'd like to ask if there's anybody that's got a Twinkie in their pocketbook. I need that for an illustration. Or any cream-filled dessert. I had Jason go all the time. Vinny has this little Debbie stuff all over the place. And so I said, go up there in the youth room, check and see if there's a Twinkie because uh, I need it because I was going to give a, uh, a uh, cream-filled dessert uh, illustration at the end of the service. That's what this word enrich means in verse uh, 11. It's actually what it means. And so we want to be enriched to overflowing. Amen? I don't want to be bland. I don't want to be empty. I don't want to be dry. You got one, Brother Harold? A Twinkie? Okay, all right. Okay, good. I just want to check. Amen. I can do the illustration without it. All right. How many is glad to be saved? Say amen. Let's stand on the Word of God. I'm going to start with verse 6 uh, and go down to verse 15. And uh, the last verse is not a good Christmas verse. It's a good giving verse. Um, we need to realize this is these two chapters are the greatest two chapters, probably in the New Testament, on the grace, this grace also, verse uh, 7 of chapter 8, and that's the grace of giving. By nature, you're selfish. By nature, I'm selfish. But by God's grace, we can be generous towards others. and We can give our life a living sacrifice. Isn't that a blessing? Look at verse 6. It says, But this I say, he that soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he that soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. You don't believe that? Ask farmers if that's not true. Every man according to he purposed in his heart, so let him give not grudgingly or in necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. 
And God is able to make all grace abound towards you. Isn't that a blessing? That God has abounded grace towards you? And that's salvation plus. And it says that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. As is written, He hath dispersed abroad, He hath given to the poor, His righteousness remaineth forever. Now he that ministers seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Being enriched, there's the term, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causes through us thanksgiving to God. For the administration of this service not only uh, supplieth the want of the saints, but it, it, it is abundant also by many thanksgivings unto God. While by the experiment of ministration, they glorified God for your professed subjection unto the gospel of Christ and for your liberal distribution unto them and to all men. And by their prayer for you, talking about those that we minister to like our missionaries, which long after you, uh, for the exceeding grace of God in you, thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank You for the grace that delivers us from sin and the dominion of it, and also, God, the grace that fills us and strengthens us and sustains us and provides strength and desire and heart to serve the living God in these very last days. God, thank you for the grace over our selfishness, God, our self-centeredness and our self-sufficiency. God, give us grace to be gracious. And may we exceed and abound in this grace also. And we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week we'll skip on down to slide four. I think we only got one in the we got one at the fire hall and one other work. Uh, yeah, thank God. And we'll see the principles of grace given. First of all, in verse six it says, and "This I say: He which soweth sparingly shall reap also uh, sparingly, and he which is bountifully shall reap also bountifully." And here's the first principle: Every man according as he purposed in his heart. Now let me just say this, friend: You need to do some things on purpose. Daniel chapter 8, verse 1 says that Daniel and his friends Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they purposed in their heart. Before they ever was approached by the king, they had a purpose. They had a commitment. And I want to say this, friend, God help us to practice this purpose. And that purpose is that God has called you to be a vessel of grace, a channel of God's grace to touch the world through prayer. Think about that. To be gracious and giving, um, sowing and reaping, and not just let's make a deal Christianity where you give and hope God gives you a whole lot so you can be comfortable, but that you give to get, to give, to get, to give, to get. It's a divine cycle. It all starts with this. I purpose in my heart. I purpose in my heart. It's a planned giving, but also it's a personal giving. It says in verse uh, uh, 7, every man. 
So no matter what anybody gives to missions or no matter how much people tithe, we're all different, we all have different incomes, God has given you the privilege of being part of God's economy. Hey, think about that just for a second. God has given you the privilege to touch the world through a missionary Baptist church, not by name only, but by practice. And I thank God that I'm an independent Baptist. I'm, in, I'm independent by conviction. You know, I never, I never met Annie Armstrong when I was a Southern Baptist. I didn't, I didn't even know her, but I gave every Christmas to her. I don't even remember who she was. She's probably a great missionary. I don't know. But I'll tell you what, I, I, I got to know the, the Vanden Herks, Vanden Herks, uh, last week. And I got to know, uh, that young couple, 18 years of, of age and her husband, 22, and they're going to, um, um, Nigeria. Now, is I, did I get that right? Amen. And thank God for them, you know, and what a blessing it was. Uh, you know, it's exciting to be a part of people's ministry through the independent local church. Uh, we need to hold them accountable. They need to hold us accountable that we are going to be a part of their ministry. Uh, Jonathan Rebecca Anderson went back to Mexico and all 20 bags didn't go Mexico with them till the next day. And uh, the same things happened to every one of uh, our missionaries. Um, Chris and Bonnie Matthews going to Vietnam. God help them. But we, we couldn't even announce they were going to Vietnam uh, because of the government over there. And I hope nobody's listening in Vietnam. <laughs> uh, surely they're not. Amen. I'd just be glad they're, they're listening in Villa now, not much less Villa Nam. Uh, but then also we got uh, Paul and Kelly Childers. Uh, uh, they had the ninth baby, and so they couldn't come. And that's a good excuse, amen. No, that's a good reason. That's a good reason. And then the Morgans, of course, Jess and, and Leah uh, up there in Sand Mountain, uh, Ricky and April, uh, Howard. We know them by first name, going to Utah. Folks, somebody needs to reach those Mormons. They're going to hell by the acre out there, and they run the place. So thank God for, and then, then Cal and Hannah Shreve, if you only knew what they went through and how they've recovered and how they have been uh, encouraged by their pastor, Brother Alston, and trained and reestablished, and, and it's just a miracle, amen? And then, of course, Graham and Olivia Young, we felt so sorry for them being so young, we took them on on the spot, and it was a blessing, amen? It's a blessing. So, folks, listen, every person, every person has a right and a privilege and to be a part of giving to missions. And, folks, I want to tell you something. As the church gives, God gives to us. Amen? I mean, God blesses us. It's a blessing. Amen? He'll take care of a given church. He'll take care. How many believe that? He'll take care of a missionary church. Uh, Fifty-five recommendations. Uh, for our church, for the uh, Shadies to join. 55, all 55 of those recommendations was Whitfield Baptist Church. Not one other church they recommended. Don't tell Brother Rick that, and don't tell Brother Ron that, amen. Thank God. But I want to tell you where most of the uh, recommendations went to from, missionaries. They loved this church. Not that we support them. We didn't support them all. Some of them that recommended us, we didn't support uh, give me their names. I'm going to support them now. But I'll, I'll tell you, thank, thank God, the, the Lord the Lord uses missionaries to pray for us and to recommend our ministry. And thank God, I guarantee you, Brother Jeremy and uh, Rebecca uh, and uh, Kevin and Corley and uh, thank God, um, uh, Steve and uh, uh, Gail, they pray for us every day. 
We ought to pray for them. Amen? And so it's planned giving. Look at this. Every man according to his, he purposed in his heart. Let him give. Let him give. Now listen, we're not going to twist your arm. Uh, I just want to give you this brief message on uh, grace giving. But we're going to encourage you to be a part of the worldwide ministry of this church. We're not big. And I was just kidding about the 103 deacons. Not that they don't have 103 deacons. Uh, it, thank God through Brother Wilkerson, 6,000 people come to that church and they all know each other practically. He has 28 uh, people at his house every Sunday for spaghetti. They call it pasta up there north, don't they? Amen. We call it spaghetti down here. Amen. And I, and that's amazing. This, this, and he he's a, a, a man that's put missions into First Baptist Church of Hammond, Indiana. And it's always never, it's not been missions. It's always there's been soul winning on the streets, bus ministry. Thank God for all that. But folks, I want to tell you something. God is blessed in a miraculous way when there's missions. You want If you want to be blessed in a miraculous way, then give. Give your life. Hey, give your children to the mission field. That's hard. Amen. Hey, give your prayers to the mission field. Touch the world through grace giving. And folks, here it is. Our theme song, grace is a desire of heart. And so we need to let every man, according to his purpose in his heart, let him give, not grudgingly or necessity. For God loveth the cheerful giver. Folks, it's a, it's a persistent giving. Let him give. And that Greek term, give, is keep on giving. And keep on giving. And folks, I want to tell you something. God will give more through you than he'll give to you. How many's proven that fact? Say amen. It's amazing what God will do through you if you're yielded to him to do for others. Now, a lot of people, let's make a deal. They have a bank account called the church, and they think if they uh, tithe, God won't kill them. Or God won't send them and take their tithe out, called their tonsils, or whatever they take out. And he can't do that. But folks, that's not, that's not, that's not, uh, that's grudgingly giving. We ought to be rejoicing as we give. We ought to thank God that we have something to give, amen? That you have a sound mind that you can pray that you have a smile and encouragement. I appreciate the way you treated these missionaries during this pandemic. I mean, they were very touched by your love. Uh, they don't know you because you had a mask on, but they, they, they were touched by your faithfulness, and I was touched by that. And then uh, there's proven giving, and that's what I want to dwell on just a little bit. And I gave you this verse last week, and, and I almost didn't preach this message, but the last point, I, I, the Lord wouldn't let me rest until I preach this. Because I want to tell you something, grace giving not only um, blesses the giver and blesses the receiver, but grace giving exalts the Lord. When, uh, when you give to missions, you exalt the Lord. When you give your life, give your tithes and offerings, if you don't even give to missions, but you give your tithes and offerings, you bless the Lord. What are you saying? God, you are the Creator. You are the sustainer, you are the provider, and you have blessed me. And we fear God when we tithe. We fear God. And the Bible says that when we trust God, He will prove Himself able. Able. So I want you to look at this verse one more time, and I'll try to spell it out to you 
about the motivation for grace giving. Uh, folks, listen, uh, uh, you know, it's not eliminated by poverty. It's not coerced by pressure. Folks, it's yielding to the grace of God and letting Him flow through your life. And so, folks, we, we see it very clearly in slide number five, Brother Joel. I kind of backed up to that one, but I want to stay on this. Uh, we see the might of it. God is able. And God is able. That's the might of it. How many believe God's able? Folks, I want to tell you something. Don't bother praying if you don't believe God's able. God is able. He's a mighty God. There's a term in the Bible called the God, the Lord of hosts. Folks, I want to tell you something. He's more than a conqueror. He's greater than, than uh, your determination. He's greater than your ability. He's greater than your uh, uh, faithfulness because He is faithful. And so, folks, listen. Uh, God wants us to prove Him. Uh, to be an almighty God. And then number two, the measure of it. The Bible says this. Look at all the alls in verse 8. And God is able to make all grace. Folks, listen, the measure of it is all grace. I want to say this. God is on time, and God knows how to meet your needs. And folks, many times you've about given up, you've about quit, you've about uh, deserted, you've about went AWOL, you've about threw in the towel, and God came through just in time. Can somebody say amen? God is able to do what? To make all grace abound. And then here's the motion of it. And this is what I love, or the matter of it. Uh, excuse me, uh, third of all, it's abound. Abound. I want to tell you something, friend. I'd rather depend on God than any person in this room. I'd rather depend on God than any president that could ever be elected. I'd rather depend on God than any king or any lord that's reigned anywhere in this world. God is an almighty God, but God is an all-gracious God. And thank God, friend, I'm going to say, I want to say this. He abounds. He abounds. He gives you much more than you deserve. Say amen. You don't deserve the next breath you draw, but God gives you another one. Say amen. You don't deserve the next heartbeat, but God gives you the next heartbeat. Praise God. You don't deserve your family. You don't deserve your marriage. You don't deserve your children. But God abounds and gives you uh, what you don't deserve. And it's gracious. God's good. All the time. Say amen. No matter what. And folks, we can get in on that goodness by yielding to Him. And it's like a cycle of grace. That's a pretty good word for it. I drew this out on the next slide. I'll show it to you in a minute uh, if you can see it. Uh, I don't know if you can see it or not. But then we see the motion towards you. I just want to say this. I want to testify. God's blessed me. God's blessed me. I thank God for all His blessings. And I want to tell you when He's blessed me the most is when I've stepped out by faith. If I was saved in my safety zone, I'd never come to Dalton. We moved here in a cattle truck. We had Bloor Gold Couch. The only thing that got broke was my lava lamp that I had next to the couch. That really dates me, man. I didn't lose one bell-bottom britches, though they all they were all packed safe and sound. Amen. We moved up here after meeting Lisa and Rick, our first uh, organist and my first secretary. And uh, they'd been looking and praying for a church because they'd up going all the way to Fort Oglethorpe to an independent missionary Baptist church. I moved in this little old two-story, Two-room, uh, two-bedroom um, 
apartment, number 16. It was little. And it was, and somebody, one time I was visiting, and he said, oh, you live over in the quarters. I said, I don't live in no quarters. I live in some apartments, amen. And then I remember one time I went on vacation, and we came home, and we opened the door of that little two-bedroom apartment. We was about six months, seven months old, and everything in that apartment was gone. My first reaction was not spiritual. I said, those sorry thieves in this town have come and wiped us out. Had an eight-month-old baby. He's sitting on the one, two, three, four, fifth row on the end. We didn't have much. And I said, everything we got's gone. And I went out, and I panicked. And I ran down to the uh, resident manager, Brother Rick and Miss Lisa. And I said, they've wiped us out. They've totally wiped. We've only gone four days. And they've wiped us out. I started almost crying. I think I was crying. Because, you know, I didn't want to lose my velour gold couch. <laughs> Woo! Amen. A little round kitchen t- uh, table. Glass top coffee table. I fell through that one time. On, we had visitation. I fell right through it. Boy, did I get the point. No, not really. And they, they, they started, oh, oh, they panicked with me. And then they, I said, well, what can we do? Can you call the police? I think they took our phone, too. And they did. They took everything. And she said, come this way. And I remember they marched us up to 16, and then we went straight across to number 39. And they had moved us into a three-bedroom three apartment while we was on vacation. Boy, I thought, and it had a porch, and it was a blessing. And it was so big. We had three bedrooms. I, I took the third bedroom and set up the office. Got it off the kitchen table, set up the office. And I want to tell you something. That was one of the most precious lessons I've ever learned. Is if you'll put God first, and little as much when God's in it, and you use what God gives you, He'll bless you with another bedroom while you're out of town. Amen. What a blessing. Hallelujah. I'll tell you what. I was ashamed of my tears, and I was ashamed of my fears, and I was ashamed of... My cousin, no, I didn't cuss. I was ashamed, I was ashamed of being mad at those thieves because my landlords, my secretary, my organist, Brother Rick, had moved us into a three-bedroom apartment and the church picked up the bill. Amen. God's been gracious. God's been good. You don't have to have a lot to be blessed. You just need to have what God wants you to have. Say amen. I've learned to be content, hadn't you? And folks, I want to tell you something. God's blessing is not second rate. It's not second class. It's just what you need. But why does He bless you? Here's a question. And I'll try to start closing. He says, abound towards you that ye always having all sufficiency. All sufficiency. That's the means. In all things may abound to every good work. Now, folks, see the cycle. It's to every good work. God gives more through you than He gives to you. And so the motion is, it's towards you, and then it, then it abounds. It's a matter of it. And then, it, then there's all grace, the measure of it, and God is able to make, that's the might of it, but it makes make all things abound to every good work. That's the ministry. And then God gives you some more. And God gives you some more. And God gives you some more. 
And God gives you some more. But I want to tell you something. He doesn't bless selfish Christians. I'll just say He don't bless aquariums. He don't bless keepers of the zoo. God blesses pioneers. God blesses step out by faith. God blesses, Lord, I can do more through you and I can yield more of my life to you. I don't have any more. I don't have nothing but faith in you and that's enough. So it's called faith promise given. But folks, I want to tell you something. It's faith promise living and God can measure all grace. He can abound. He can bring it to you and it can be all sufficient in all things but it's to every good work. Don't stop the cycle. Don't stop the flow. That's the lesson tonight. God will give more through you than he'll give to you, and you'll be a happy camper when God uses you. I'll tell you what, the greatest day of my life spiritually was the day I got saved. But I'll tell you the next greatest day of my life is when I realized that I could help somebody else get saved that I could help some son of a drunk that had no security, no future, nothing. So nervous that I stuttered through the first two years of kindergarten. Yes, I had to repeat it. No, the kindergarten and first grade. They sent me in a special class because we had such a nerve-wracking home. And Thank God I realized that, folks, God had sent me through that so I could comfort with the comfort I received that I could help with the help that I receive. And so every valley's for a purpose, say amen. God sends you through the low times so you can dig a well in the valley of Baca and thank God there's somebody that comes along during the famine and they see that you dug a well. They see your faithfulness and they see, as the psalm was so beautifully sung, that God is faithful. But not only is God faithful, but God has been faithful through you. And so folks, all grace... Look at verse uh, 9. It says, As written, He that has dispersed abroad, he that has given to the poor, his righteous remaineth forever. Folks, I want to tell you something. The greatest privilege of your life is to be hooked up with an eternal program called missions. You give your money to a lot of things. You invest in a lot of things. But I want to tell you something, friend. When you get a hold of what God wants to do and use you for eternity, it's exciting. You get hooked up with eternity. Eternity's in your heart. God's purpose should flow through your heart. And folks, why live for these 70 years and die and regret it and face Jesus empty-handed, nothing to cast at his feet at the judgment seat of Christ, when you can invest your time, not spend it, it's too valuable to spend, but invest your time in the riches of His grace. And it's through you. It's through you. I think one of the greatest privileges that I had since I've been saved is to sit down in somebody's living room with the Word of God and show them how to be saved. And I said, hey, it's late on that Thursday night. It's rainy, it's cold, but it's worth it. It's worth it. It's more important than the ball game that I could stay home and watch. It's more important than my lazy boy that I could cuddle up in. It's more important than the meal that I could eat. Because, folks, somebody got saved. Somebody got saved. I want to say this. 
There's a lot of people up in heaven that's been saved through this ministry. They're going to thank God for the grace of God that used you to come to them. Thank the Lord. And so, folks, it's proven given. I want to tell you something. Prove God. He's faithful. Let me just read these verses. I won't keep you long since we ain't got a nursery. I'll try to be brief. I've been trying to do that for months. It ain't worked. But I want you to look at verse 11. This is where the Twinkie came in. If I'd have found it, Brother Jason tried, but we didn't get it. My wife volunteered to go by the store. I said, no, prayer is more important than my little old illustration. Come on in the prayer room. We'll, we'll do without it. So y'all really missed it, but I want to give it to you in words. It says, being enriched in everything. To all bountifulness, which causes through us thanksgiving to God. What was our theme? That every nation would worship God. And folks, I want to tell you something. Through grace giving, here it is now, you cause many to thank God. Not only for you, not only for Whitfield Baptist Church, but for salvation. And folks, the word enriched is a confectionery word. It's a confectionery word. Folks, our grace giving encourages the saints, enriches the sower, but it exalts the Savior. That's where I left off last, last week. I didn't get to exalt the Savior, and I was burdened. I was grieved. Because I want to tell you something, friend. There's nothing that matters more than exalting the Savior. Don't give to get. And don't give just to help them in Africa hear the gospel for the first time. Give that the whole world may worship Him. That one more in this world will worship Him. But folks, the reason we ought to give is because we've been enriched. That's a confectionery term. Um, we're enriched by His grace. The word rich is a confectionery term. It's a bakery term. You'll, if you'll study the root word of this, of this verse, it means to be filled, to overflow. And when I think of this, I think about a cream-filled donut or a Twinkie, Brother Randy. And you know something, there's something about that, and I used to love them. I try to stay away from them now because of my waistline. But um, <laughs> God help me for saying that. But um, I, 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 like, I like it when there's something inside that oozes out. <laughs> I mean, you know, praise God, Bavarian cream, Dunkin' Donut. Don't take the donut off of Dunkin', praise God. I don't like coffee. But I love that cream-filled, Bavarian, powdered-covered. You eat it in the car, and your whole lap's covered in snow. <laughs> Hallelujah. We're, get, we're preaching now, say amen. Praise the Lord. We're getting with it now. Praise God. I mean, you eat it. It's all over your face. It's over your hands. And I want to tell you something. If you're not careful, that cream will just ooze on out. And I want to tell you something, folks. This enriched means there's something in that bakery. There's something in that pastry, excuse me. That's, that's rich, but it's not only rich, but it's fulfilling. And it's not only fulfilling, it's overfilling, amen. And I'll tell you something, God never fills you with the Spirit of God for you to have a feeling. God never fills you with the Spirit of God so you can be happy. Folks, God fills you with the Spirit of God that you might be witnesses to the whole world and especially to those that's never heard. Enriched, bountiful grace through you. Cream filled, 
Christians. Some of us can identify with that shape. Oozing out. Rich and satisfying. We're all going to go all the way up to Cleveland Highway and go to Dunkin' Donuts after this. They wouldn't hold our church, praise God. They smile at gondoliers when we show up. Amen. Went there for lunch today and they said, is this all? <laughs> I said, this ain't the church. This is just my family. Amen. It's enriched. And then I see the experiment. It says, for the ministration of this service not only supplieth the one of the saints, but it, but it is abundant. Verse 12, now you with me? Also by many thanksgivings unto God. Here it is. Maybe I should have preached this before our, our mission revival. We needed no preaching added to the great preaching of Brother Kevin Hall. But folks, I want to tell you something. <clears throat> we need to have the heart. My heart. My desire. Your heart. And I believe if our church is halfway right with God, our heart should be the, the nation's worship God. Folks, after they gave this offering, after they overflowed with the grace, sent this offering to these people that were hurting because probably they were Jews and were in exile, it caused many thanksgivings unto God. Folks, there were praise from a, from a town, from a people, from a nationality that was touched by the grace through you. What a beautiful picture of the local church. What a beautiful picture of our mission is that God has called us not just to hold the fort. God's called us to take on new ground. God's called us not just to have a hundred people here tonight or whatever we got and hold the, hold the fort and try to build the buildings and try to redecorate the carpet. And that's all right. Amen. But He's called us to build churches where there's never been a church. He's called us to send this little 22-year-old and 18-year-old. I still can't believe her parent, parents led her, but praise God, I'm so glad they're spiritual. To go over to Nigeria where it's Muslim infested. They could be killed for Christ's sake. And go over there with excitement. One older missionary says, you know what's so great about a younger missionary? They ain't scared of nothing. <laughs> they, because they ain't been there yet. But folks, I hope they don't get scared. I hope they don't come home. But I want to tell you something, folks. The reason that they're going is because many churches have caused many to thank God. And while by experiment of administration they glorified God for your professed subjection under the gospel of Christ and for your liberal distribution, that sacrifice. Remember in chapter 8, they were, they were poor unto them and to all men. Folks, look at the phrase, and they glorified God by your professed subjection. Folks, listen. It takes submission to be a part of a mission church. It takes fellowship. It takes united effort. It takes grace, but praise God, it takes sacrifice. But folks, I want to tell you what. It's all for the glory of God, so it is worth it! And then it says the distribution. I'll, I'll put by that sacrifice and then it says this and by their prayer for you which long after you for the exceeding grace of God in you 
And so, folks, they had a passion for the sending church. They had a passion for the giver of grace. And said so they longed after you. You know something? There's a lot of people around this world that love Whitfield Baptist Church. I'm not talking about this building. And I'm not talking about this preacher. I'm talking about you. They don't know you all by name like I do. And sometimes I forget your name and I call you brother or sister. But I want to say this, friend. They long after us. They love us. And they pray for us. And they recommend us. And folks, it's exceeding grace of God in you. Folks, I'm so glad that's exceeding grace. The Bible says in Ephesians that we have unsearchable riches. Folks, it's beyond description. And then we go down to the last verse. It says, thanks be to God for His unspeakable gift. It's indescribable. There's no words that can, 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 can be penned or voiced of how good God is, how gracious God is, how wonderful His grace has been bestowed upon us. And folks, we cannot stop the flow we must sow bountifully. We must purpose in our heart. We must plan and we need to be not grudgingly or necessity. We need to be cheerful givers and praise God, we need to let the grace of God flow through our heart as a channel of blessing. It seems like yesterday that my little, I guess she's about 12 years old, maybe 14, Wanted to go on a mission trip. And I said, okay, Amy, where do you want to go? She looked at me with those big old brown eyes and said, I want to go to Arequipa, Peru, down there where Brother Austin started his, just started his first church. He started 60 down there or so. And so I got Brother Thurman Wade to go with me, the great man of God that preached our first faith promise giving conference. He's in heaven now. Started help Macedonia missions. We, me and Brother Wade and Amy went on a mission trip. We got down there, <clears throat> and I was amazed how what God was doing in a little room about from here to to Pete at the at the biggest. Oh, I had another person on that mission trip. His name was Brother Paul Forsyth, my pastor. He loved. Peru. He was dying of brain tumor and they said you can't get out of bed and you can't get out of the yard and he packed up one more time and went to Arequipa, Peru. Went on the mission field, dying. His last trip when he got back home that was it. Died at 55 years of age with a brain tumor. And all, we all loaded up on that plane. We flew down there and we got to the first service and I'll never forget that first service. It was packed out. I mean, packed out. I mean, people were, boy, they were up here in the front of the pulpit. I wasn't preaching. My preacher was preaching. And Brother Paul said in English, translated in Spanish by Brother Alston, turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and we're going to preach on heaven tonight. I happened to glance to my right, and there was this beautiful young lady about 12 years old, long black hair, dark brown skin, and she had a new Bible somebody had given her. Maybe a church, by the grace of God, had paid for that Bible. 
And he said, turn to 2 Corinthians, and she was in 2 Chronicles, and she couldn't find it. And so she looked at me because I looked like a man of many languages, and she said, sir, I can't find it. I said, oh boy, I took two years of Spanish. This is going to be a test, but here I go. And I finally found 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and I gave it back to the little girl, and she put it in her lap. My preacher preached. Boy, I miss him. Sometimes I want to call 739-9339 but there wouldn't be nobody answering it because he's in heaven. And I'll never forget the time he preached on missions and he stood up in that uh, pew, that little old pew that we cashed in for two chairs and the thing almost flipped off. He, he, was, he was screaming, Help! Help the missionary! I said, help him because he's about to flip out, amen? But he stayed up on that little old pew and just screamed out, Help the missionaries. He was 10 years old. He was preaching that. But then I began to pray for this little lady. She had received the message, and I looked to the right. And on her brand new Bible, with these big old teardrops hitting each page. I mean, you could almost hear them splatter. Brother Thurman's sitting over here, and I'm sitting here minding my own business. Amy's sitting next to me, and this little old girl that can't find 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And then, during the invitation, I said, this is going to be interesting because there ain't no altar room and there ain't no aisle. Everybody's full. But Brother Austin said, if you want to be saved, I want you to get up from your seat. I want you to go out there and stand on the sidewalk. Boy, she picked up that Bible. Steer stained, probably stuck together. It was covered with tears. Because she'd never heard this before. She marched out there and I said, well, I'll follow in case you need some help. I don't know what I could do. I was just praying. I felt like I had a responsibility to pray for her. And to my amazement, that little girl came up to Miss Betty. She said something in Spanish. She said something back. And it was dirt, just a bunch of dirt, I mean dust. And they both knelt in that dust. And boy, the tears kept on streaming. And she held up her new Bible so it wouldn't get touched by that dirt. But you could see that dust turning into mud from those tears. And she got saved. And you know what the first thing she did? I'll never forget it. She come running up to me. And she said, Gracious. I believe that means thank you. And I said, I didn't do anything. It's my preacher that preached the gospel. And then I thought to myself, it was more than my preacher. It was God, the Holy Spirit, that convicted your soul. Couldn't even find 2 Corinthians chapter 5. But she wanted to go to heaven. And she wanted her sins forgiven. And she got saved. Now, what made that possible? I'll tell you what made that possible. Somebody supported a missionary named Brother Austin Gardner. Somebody helped rent that little house. Somebody bought that Bible. Somebody, somebody paid for those lights to come on during that service. And it was a local church like you that said, by the grace of God, 
I'll not tip God, I'll trust God. And I'll prove God that He's able. And I believe this little girl grew up and became one of the leaders at Hunter Baptist Church that started a college that they gave me an honorary doctor's degree for some reason. Last time I was there, 1,500 people was gathered in, a, in the auditorium, the sanctuary, and they were singing that song that we're going to sing at the end of the service, My Heart, My Desire. But I want to tell you where it starts, church, and I'll close. God's grace gives you a heart for souls. By God's grace, God gives you a desire to see somebody like that little girl hear the gospel and get saved. And God, by God's grace, God gives you the ability to trust Him to do more through you than just to you. Father, use the message. Thank you, God, for this chapter. I feel better now. And I wasn't preaching to feel better, but thanks be to God for the unspeakable gift. God, it's all because of you with thanksgiving to God and glorify, glorify God that we do this today, that we have the grace of God in us exceedingly, abundantly above all that we ask or think. God, that you flow through us to touch a lost and dying. We can touch the world by yielding to your grace, by living by faith, not trying to figure it out, fill it out, but to faith it out and let your word flow through our life to a lost and dying world. God, thank you that we can live beyond our power. God, thank you that this Christian life is a supernatural life. And thank God that we don't have to be rich and famous to be used of God, but God, that you will overflow through our life. And Lord, that you'll do the work of the ministry through our little old lives if we'll just yield to you. God, forgive us for being selfish. God, forgive us for being content when we hit 200 in Sunday school. God, forgive us when we are content because the bus is full and the vans are full. God, forgive us when we think that everything's going good when there's one more soul that hasn't heard the gospel. God, help us to be resolved and no longer linger with these things around us. Would God increase our faith and flow through our life your grace to a lost and dying world. With every head bowed, every eye closed. This hadn't been much of a sermon, much of an outline. I hope it's been a message. But I want to tell you something. Your grace giving, your faith giving exalts the Lord. We could just say that's the bottom line. It exalts the Lord. When that little girl got up and she said, Gracias, then I said, Hey, thank the Lord. Thank my preacher and thank the, our missionary that started this church. I'm just a visitor. I pray that this lady went on, grew up to do one thing in her life that's exalt the Lord. And then the mission was accomplished. And so folks, as we sing in closing our invitation song, and then we sing this hymn for one more time, my heart and my desire is that by faith God would give through us in a miraculous way.
Not that somebody could recommend our church. That's a blessing. Then one more little lady hear the gospel and be saved. Have me say, preacher, tonight I know I'm saved. I've received the amazing grace of God. And I know I'm going to heaven and not hell because I'm saved. Would you raise your hand? Now, how many are grateful you say, say amen? Thank the Lord. Praise His holy name. It's all Him, not you. Is there anyone that could not raise your hand and say, Preacher, I'm not saved, but I know how and I need to be. Please pray for me. Anyone? Don't live for this life only. You'll be disappointed because the end of it is hell. Let me say, Preacher, I'm a Christian. I'm saved by the grace of God. The exceedingly indescribable gift of salvation is mine. I have a relationship with the living God. I have the grace and Spirit of God in my life. But I know I need to do more with my life. I need to yield more of my life. And I don't want to stay the flow. I don't want to stop the cycle of grace. I want to be a vessel of honor. And I want God to use me. Is your prayer tonight. Would you slip your hand up real high for prayer? I believe you ought to respond to message. Amen. i got to raise my Lord, thank you for tonight. Thank you for these verses. I know I didn't do them justice, but praise God. I thank you for your grace. But I thank you for your grace that abounds for the thanksgiving of many. Thank you for the grace that allows people that are dead in their sins and trespasses, lost and dying and living for themselves and sin, to get saved and then be have a resurrected life and even have an ascended life of glory to your name. God, thank you for the privilege. Thank you for the privilege of giving our little old lives to exalt your name. In Jesus' name we pray.